0: Amen. Good morning. Welcome to Hope Church again. My name is Phil Bronzema. I've been invited to bring the message this morning to give Greg a, a week off, and it's my pleasure to be here. As a sidebar. This is the first time I've had a shirt with a pocket on in three and a half months. <laughs> it's a strange feeling. Uh, I have another place to put my glasses instead of on top of my head. Today we're going to look at a passage from the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Pay no attention to the date on the slide. it going be August 3 someplace. if I were an engineer one would say yeah with an experimental error you know plus or minus 1 we're going to look at what paul had to say to the church in philippi after having visited there now is writing to them so this is first uh, this is philippians chapter 1 starting at verse 2 all right verse Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, all God's holy people in Christ, in Christ at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that He who begins in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to be this way about all of you, since so have you heart, whether I'm in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long For all of you, with the affection of Christ Jesus. And here's the thing we'll we'll focus on. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. You may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Here's the main point. We're going to come back and talk about this throughout. We are directed to work on our faith, to not be complacent or comfortable in where we are. But to grow in love, to grow in faith more and more that we act with glory and praise to God. The other microphone was going in and out. We'll go with this one. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time looking at this about what is the guidance that Paul is giving us and what do we do about it. Okay. God has committed to us. When we were sinners, God loved us. He pulled us into his family. He committed to our salvation. As Christians... We've accepted that commitment. We've responded to God and said, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you. And we accept that commitment and we commit back to God. God promises to us, we promise to God that we will follow him, we will obey him. When, us, when we all at various stages of perhaps young adult or adult years, kids growing up, there's that, that sense of, I'm, if I am a Christian, I'm, I'm in a relationship with God, I've made a commitment to God. And the question then is, has that commitment grown? Have we all, individually and as a church, have we grown in our commitment? Have we looked at ourselves and said, is my faith stronger now than it was a year ago. How do we not be complacent? Let's read this again. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. This is a person who is committed. It's not someone who oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm good, don't worry, Yeah, I'm good. That's not what this says. This says that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you can discern what is best and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. So there's a result too. It's not just in my brain I'm doing these things, but the result is I am able to discern what is best, so there's an outcome. Someone who is mature in faith, I would we would anticipate them to make better decisions, to be better discerning, to be able to understand the Bible more than someone who is brand new in the faith. And that's what this passage is talking about, where Paul says, "Don't be complacent." Paul's prayer is that. The Philippians, and by extension, we will grow and grow in our faith. Commitment. What does that really mean? Some commitments are um, short-term, and they'll stop. Uh, I have a commitment to woodworking as a hobby. In my career, I have a commitment I had a commitment to be a chemist. I haven't done that for a long time, but I have a commitment to be an expert in United States EPA Tosca chemical regulations. You know, and that's a commitment of mine, not just complacent, yeah, 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 I'll take it. But, and some commitments develop. Here's a a few listed here, obviously not not extensive. We all may have hobbies in sewing, gardening, woodworking, cooking. Video games. You may have have a commitment to your job or career skill, nursing, teaching, the law, sales, rocket science, uh, and the like. And if you're in that in a role at work, especially in your early years, <laughs> there's a commitment to get better and better, right? And ideally, that's a commitment that stays. That year over year, you want to do a little better. Than the year before. And that look and there's some commitments that, in a sense, are given to us. Um, if, we, if you've had children, you might not have really thought about what commitment that really was <laughs> when you got started, but you're not backing away. And their commitment to faith, to being a Christian. In a sense, we didn't ask for that commitment. God gave it to us and pulled us in. And the Level of my commitment is going to be reflected in what priority I give it and how much time I spend on it, and that's pretty normal. And that's where, where this thought originated. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Greg gave a sermon on Acts two. We're t- talking about the early church and what these Christians did. So I'm going to read from Acts uh, chapter two, starting at verse forty-two. You may remember this from uh, three or four weeks ago. The early Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to any that had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Okay, so next slide, please, Lee. So there's about nine things here that these Christians did. These are acts. These are things they did to increase their faith. Remember, these are, uh, approximately three thousand new Christians got converted on the day of Pentecost and now think you've had this maybe a hundred disciples. So early church, okay, one congregation, a hundred members, sort of like us. Next week, 3,000 people come to church. And these 3,000 people don't know anything except what they might have heard on the streets about Jesus. And here's what happened to them. The disciples and the early Christians organized, and the new Christians participated in teaching and fellowship. They participated in breaking of the bread. They participated in prayer. They met together. They had things in common. If someone needed, I'll exaggerate here, if someone needed to borrow a wheelbarrow or a lawnmower, they could go borrow one, right? Right? They met together with glad and sincere hearts, and they praised God. So here's the point here. These Christians committed to God, and they changed their behavior to reflect that commitment. If I'm a, a woodworker, but I, haven't, but I don't do any woodworking, that's a little weird. So the results, what you do, if you have a commitment to something, you're going to change your behaviors and the way you're thinking to, to, to make that really work. And this is a graph of how that's going to, that really should look for us. In a sense, you can pick any hobby or any commitment, right? If you're committed, you want to grow. You want to get better at this. You don't want to just say, oh, I bought myself a saw and a screwdriver I'm a woodworker. No. You're going to learn. You're going to improve. And that's what we're looking at here. As we are committed to God as as our Lord, Jesus as our Savior, we should also be committed to growing in our faith and doing so deliberately. And so one of the questions we can ask ourselves is to say, have I grown in my faith in the last year? In my job, where I do chemical regulations, chemical management for my company, year over year, I can look and say, yeah, I'm better at this job now than I was a year ago. I deliberately look to improve. And so more and more then, do we commit to growth? When we commit, it has priority in our life. And it's different than a New Year's resolution. New Year's resolutions frequently have the sense of, oh, I ought to. Uh, I, I ought to read uh, this kind of book instead of light science fiction that I happen to like to read, right? I ought to join a gym. I ought to go for a walk every day. And a lot of those fall by the wayside because it's, sort of like a, it's, it's wishful thinking rather than a real commitment. Obviously, that's not always the case, but that's the exaggeration right, the, the, uh, of a New Year's resolution is to say, yeah, the well, story you know, the, stories, you know the, the fitness centers are really busy during the month of January. <laughs> Same line of thought. That's not how our faith ought to be, that in the first month of conversion, oh, I'm going to learn and do all this and then line out and be at steady state for the rest of my life? And the answer is, of course not, right? Here's my example. As I told you, I'm a, a woodworker. How, 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 do, how do I know, how does anybody know that I'm a woodworker? Well, because I have results. It's not that I have a lot of tools. It's that, it's that I make things. The worship center is outside. A couple of end tables that I made in the past year that I happen to really like. And in the bottom right-hand corner, you can see front-end loaders that I made for my grandkids for Christmas. They're just really cool. This is an imperfect example because I'm not going to do this forever. Well, maybe so. There might be woodworking, ooh, woodworking in heaven. You know, that's going to be. But th- this is something that, that's a temporary commitment. It's something I picked up uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago. At some point, it's going to decline. That's right, and that's okay. But I also see, you see the things that I do, though, to foster that. It's easy for me to make that a priority because it's engaging to me and it's fun and I see the, the, the results of that. I buy and read books on woodworking. I try new patterns and ideas. I buy tools that I need. But I don't, at the moment, I don't need any more tools, Carol. I, I don't need until the next project. I talk with others, I go to the woodworking store, I browse the Grizzly catalog. I don't know if when your kids or your kids looked at the J.C. Penney's catalog, Christmas catalog, and you circled all these things that you wanted. That's the Grizzly catalog for me. If you want to spend thirty thousand dollars on a table saw, that's where you go. Anyway, but but it's like Chris it's like, ooh, the right? That's an example of a commitment. I enjoy it. I practice it. I get good at it. You can see the results of it, that year over year, my abilities get better and better, and I enjoy it. So we invest in our skills. We work on it. And the more that I improve, the easier it is to go to the next step, because now I've built my skills. The next step up is easier to do than the one previous and the next and next. So, right? And so as we increase our faith, ah, we, we relish and enjoy that sense of growing faith. For me to work on a sermon like this, wow, it's fun. I get a chance for three or four weeks to think about a passage and to say, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? How do I relate it, right? I, I talked to Greg a couple of times. For me, this is an example of how I develop my faith and practice. So interest grows. Skills grow. You, you understand nuances, if you're a new Christian, you're not going to jump into the book of Revelation because it's full of nuances. As a mature Christian, you can say, ah, I'm going to read something. You understand that it's okay to not understand everything, and you learn from it. So if I'm a committed Christian, if I'm a committed Christian, the, making this a priority for my time should be easy, right? And now we're getting to a bit of the pinch because sometimes it's not easy. I work on it. I'm not complacent. I want to get better and better. And like other commitments that I may have had, or I do have, I look at it and say, how can I do this better? I also look for evidence that it's working. I want to accomplish things, not just... Have 50 um, religious books on my bookshelf, that doesn't count. Have I read them? <laughs> do I understand them? Have I benefited from them? I can do lots of good things. I can think a lot of good things, but if it doesn't result, and that's where the Apostle Paul says that one of the goals of this is that we. Uh, increase our discernment. And you think about discerning as one of the things that um, is an evidence of spiritual maturity. Paul says this, so that you may be able to discern what is best and become pure and blameless in the eyes of God. So pure and blameless, be more God-like, more Christ-like year over year, but being better to discern. That's a mark of growing faith. that that we are wiser. And the challenge here is, as Christians, it's easy in our heads to make that commitment. Sometimes it's hard to put that into practice because today's society and today's social media and today's advertising does not encourage that. Today's society encourages do things that make me feel better. Faith, that's hard work. You, you need to get new golf clubs. You need to go to the beach. You need to buy a Lexus. You need to do this, do this. Do, I mean, things, right? Self-gratification is what today's society and social media encourages. And it is hard. To make that priority. And the challenge is, and not really the challenge, the opportunity is, as we increase our faith, that's not just for a a lifetime or for 10 years until the car breaks or I trade it in. My commitment to faith is forever. That's the cool part. It doesn't, you know, woodworking for me is going to decline in 15 or 20 years. Hopefully I'll stop before I start having twitches that result in fingers. Anyway, I'll move on. The point here is my faith is something that's going to be with me forever. Forever. When I die, it's merely a transition from here to life with God. As Christians, this has to be the most important thing in our lives. And it's hard to make it happen there's a lot of other things available for us to do on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday evening or during a quiet time in a morning or afternoon at home or evening at home. There's other things to do. You've got a TV, you've got Netflix, you have a house, you've got an apartment, you're, the, the dishes need to be washed. There's other things that can pull you away. And the point here is, Yes, it's hard. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. And, well, we have to do it. Right? To say, if I'm really committed, can I not work at it? If I'm committed to woodworking, but I don't have any tools, <laughs> and I don't make anything, that's not real. Same thing. So the same thing here. And it's hard. And so if I'm a committed Christian, making this a priority in our lives is really important. Making that decision, not just a resolution that, yeah, I'll try it for a while, but a commitment. And so here's the challenge then. Let's do this together. If I'm a committed Christian, I'm going to do these things I'm not complacent. And let's look at this together. Individually, talk about it, make some commitments. And the question, am I developing my faith? Am I improving my practice? And part of it is, if if I can't tell the difference, how can anyone else? And so, here's the question. More and more, what to do. I'll ask you to think about this. So, Lee, I think two slides up. I'm skipping ahead. Number one, pray about it. Pray about it. Think about it. God gave us brains. Here's a chance to use them. To say, where is a place I can make a step forward? One step. Not five, one. If you try to do too many things, it's not, you're not going to get there But say, here I am now. Here's a place where I choose to work. And here's some examples. I sort of separated them into faith and practice. When I put these together, they all blend together. So, but I still separate them. From a faith standpoint, Commit to growth. And one of the key things, prioritize how we spend time. We're all busy. Yes. We acknowledge that. If I'm going to spend more time on faith development, I do have to spend less time on something else. Okay. Move on. That's a decision to make. So other examples. Read the Bible. Meditate. Have some quiet time. Pray, study a specific topic, join a study group, or do one yourself. Find one online that you appreciate. Again, make a decision to do it. Go to church. Go to church. And when you come to church, don't be complacent. The notes that are handed out are a guide you don't need to use them. Make Take your own notes. Make your own decisions. What do I learn from this? Challenge yourself. When you listen to songs, ask yourself, what do these words say that, that fit what the worship team is trying to develop? For me, it's very easy, with, especially with familiar songs. I have so much fun singing the song, I don't even pay attention to the words. That's not really what Anita and the worship team are aiming for here. But rather to say, what are these words saying? And think about them, right? So, so make church, come into worship, an, an activity, an action event, not a passive event. And here's some practices. I realize as I read these, they're all faith-related too. Again, prioritize my time. And here are some things that are more family-oriented, especially, because I'm, I've got five grandkids, and I love them very much. And we gave our kids Bible story books on the birth of their kids because reading Bible stories with your kids is really important. Praying with your kids is really important. Praying yourself at mealtime or bedtime And volunteer, be active. We all have abilities. God's given them to us. And I have found personally that a lot of things I learned at work on project management, decision making, it's amazing within two or three years there's an opportunity to apply that skill at church or at school or some other um, volunteer opportunity. Okay, next slide. So remember the purpose. The ultimate purpose is to bring glory and praise to God. That's the purpose. And by committing to our relationship with God, we are part of that commitment, not passive, but deliberate. We're growing in our faith and practice. We become better to discern what is right and good, and we become more like Christ. And so the challenge. Aim for the red line going up. Think about where you are. Think about, have you? is there a difference from last year to this year? Pick one thing. One thing. Don't pick five because you'll... Get overwhelmed. Pick one thing that you know you can do. Write it down. Uh, For those of you that uh, have worked for, I'll call it a more modern manager, where you have goals, if you write them down, you're much more likely to do them. Share with somebody if you'd like. If you'd like to send me an email and say, Phil, I've committed to do something. You can tell me what it is or not. But if you want me in a month or two to say, how's it going, I will absolutely do that with you. Because you know, if you have accountability with somebody, it's going to be much more likely that you're going to do it. Pray. Try. It's okay if it doesn't work. It's not a failure. Let's say, okay, I'm still committed to it. I'm going to regroup and try again. That's okay. The point is we're deliberate in looking to increase our faith and bring glory and praise to God. Please pray with me. God, we're we're committed to you. Sometimes it's really hard, though, to turn that commitment into action because society around us doesn't value the same things you value. And here we are with one foot in heaven and one foot on earth. How do we commit to it, to being closer to you? We ask for your help, God. We ask for the Holy Spirit in our hearts to increase our faith, to make it easy and easier for us to take step forward. Please reward us, God, with... Uh, the sense of accomplishment, the sense of being close to you, uh, being able to enjoy our faith development, God. We know that you have committed to us, that you have given your son as a sacrifice for us. We know in our heads that the right thing to do is commit to you as well and to live that out, and it's hard I ask that you bless our church congregation, that we will help each other, that we will encourage, that we will acknowledge each other so that our faith development happens, that we get better at our relationship with you, and that ultimately we bring praise and glory to your name. In Jesus, our Savior's name we pray. Amen.